0: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: This hour of the Costa
0: Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables.
1: Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank Bill Graff for sitting in for me last week. And I also want to welcome our military service personnel who join us from remote outposts around the world. Thank you for the sacrifice you make for our nation. We're very grateful for your service. Well, it's wonderful, just wonderful to be back in the studio again. And we couldn't have a better program lined up as we head into the final stretch of 2012. In just a minute, the father of shock journalism himself, Mr. Phil Donahue, will be joining us. And I just want to say that while preparing for our program today, I had an opportunity to watch some of Mr. Donahue's earlier interviews. And, well, you know, they almost seem tame by today's standards. In just a minute, we'll ask him how he feels about the direction the media has recently taken. Uh, But before he joins us, as is my custom on this program... Let me tell you a little bit about this talk show legends background. Donahue was born in Cleveland, Ohio to a two working parent Irish middle class family. Uh, His father sold furniture and his mother was a shoe clerk. He attended Catholic elementary and high schools in the Cleveland area and eventually received his college degree from Notre Dame in 1957. Two years later Donahue landed a job as a production assistant at KYW radio and television and then as the story goes one of the regular announcers could not make it into the studio one day, so Donahue filled his spot, and that marked the beginning of his career as a radio host. In 1967, he made the decision to take his radio show to television on just two stations, but It didn't take long for the Phil Donahue Show to become a national phenomenon. Donahue enjoyed an unprecedented 29-year run, catapulting his program into broadcasting history as the longest continuous-running syndicated talk show. He is the recipient of nine Emmy Awards and an inductee into the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame. His innovative format, which was the first to involve the audience in live discussions, has been mimicked by virtually every television talk show, including the most popular news programs on the air today. In addition to being a regular commentator on every network you can name from ninety one to ninety four Donahue co-hosted Posner Donahue, a weekly roundtable uh, discussion on CNBC. And in two thousand and two he launched Donahue on MSNBC, which was discontinued after one year amidst rumors and and then later memorandums which suggested that Donahue's politics might have been behind the network's cancellation. But that did very little to slow Donahue down. Today, Donahue continues to be an undaunted, an outspoken advocate for peaceful resolution. In 2007, he produced and co directed the documentary Body of War, a story about a returning war veteran, and we'll learn more about the impact that film had in just a moment. It's my great pleasure to have with us today a trailblazer, a patriot, and great humanitarian, Mr. Phil Donahue. Welcome to the program, Mr. Donahue.
2: Well, thank you for that wonderful uh, preamble here. I was afraid you wouldn't be able to read my handwriting. <laughs>
1: Oh, no. Now I'm going to get a lot of emails about that. You know that.
2: <laughs> well, I, what do I tell the kids? You're very generous. Uh, I thank you. And uh, that's
3: Well, it's I great to have you on well, the show today.
1: Um, you know, we, we've just come off a pretty bitter election where half of the country seems to still be digging its heels in. So I thought we'd open up the program today by getting your take on where do we need to go to heal this massive divide, this gridlock that just seems to be going on and on and on to our collective detriment? What do you think?
2: Well, Rebecca, I have, uh, I have interviewed a lot of Republicans over the course of my career. You have. Uh, we, have uh, we did almost over 5,000 shows over a 29-year period. And what's baffled me over these recent uh, years is where are the sane Republicans? I have interviewed Barry Goldwater, Mark Hatfield, Nelson Rockefeller, Everett Dirksen. You know they didn't they didn't call people names. Uh, they weren't um, ideologues. They weren't dogmatic. Uh, they believed very much in Republican principles. And I, along the way, came to, even Mr. Liberal here, came to appreciate the contribution that the Republican philosophy made to our national well-being. Now, what's changed?
1: Well, why has this changed, in your view?
2: I honestly, I'm not sure, Rebecca. I, I Somewhere along the way, it became personal. Now, whether this is the result of uh, the new media, Um, you know, I want to love Mitch McConnell. We're born under the same flag.
1: Don't you think there was a time when we didn't have all, you know, these smartphones and everybody being taped and filmed all the time where you could go and sit down in someone's office and sort of, you know, say, look, we got to come to some agreement because the country's got to still keep moving forward. Uh, And then you weren't going to have a recrimination from your team later.
2: Uh, right. I also think we had less, uh, Today, we have a lot of messianic people running around. I have God and you don't. Uh, If you're pro-choice, then I'm for death and you're not. Mm
1: -hmm. It's very polarized, yeah, as you point out.
2: Yeah, and then suddenly everybody gets a name. Uh, Liberals are for nanny government. I've had people say to me on my own show on the air, that's the trouble with you liberals. You don't like anything about America. Dissent is just very difficult to express at this moment in our national life. There are millions of proud, church-going, tax-paying Americans, for example, who believe that if you dissent at a time that a president is calling a war, for example, you're unpatriotic. At a time when we need dissent the most, we're told to shut up and sing. Uh, Dissenters are scolds the centers don't love america the centrists don't understand the geopolitical um you know even to talk peace is to be marginalized and it's done almost to a brilliant uh, extent by right wing people who uh, who believe the country's going to hell and that uh, liberals and their nanny government are leading it there
1: why is it that people that advocate peaceful means nonviolent means are always accused of being somehow naive and stupid and setting up the country to be vulnerable and uh, and to be taken over because they won't face the fact that that doesn't work
2: that's exactly what they think rebecca and it's a very different first of all uh you have to marginalize the dissenting voice and you know it's it's very we you're right we don't understand um there's a, a hey wars happen uh there's a a surrender a, a cynicism and a kind of a acceptance of the reality that this is what we have to do to be safe we've lost a lot of our bill of rights because People who brag the most about democracy are the ones turning their backs on it. We have we listen in on phone calls now. We have people in cages, God knows where. How we don't know how many. No Red Cross visits. No letters. No nothing. We're turning people upside down and throwing putting water in their nose. Uh, you know the, the against cruel and unusual, just not practical right now.
1: Mm-hmm. But then, uh, as you point out, if you, if you oppose any of those things, you're being somewhat naive and, uh, and, and you're setting the country up to uh, be in greater danger. And that's where I have a problem with that, because I think the most uh, clever statesmen that we can identify over history have been those who have uh, made the, what was looked seemingly impossible possible. And, uh, and so when people say to me, well, you're naive and what you propose uh, may not be necessarily practical, I say, I like that about me. I like that I'm impractical. I like that. I think that means progress, and I think, and I, I would wish for that for everyone. I think dissenters uh, move society forward in a very positive way. We have to take a very short commercial break, and when we come back, I, I want to talk, continue talking about the diminishing art of compromise um, and and what might have caused us to become polarized. My guest today is Mr. Phil Donahue. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report.
4: Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner, broker, and active real estate agent of Pennell Realtors, a locally owned real estate company. We've operated on the peninsula for over 16 years, currently located on the corner of Ocean and Dolores and Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. We serve the Monterey Peninsula, focusing on Carmel, Pebble Beach, and the Carmel Valley. Our firm of about 50 agents represents everything from Carmel Cottages to Pebble Beach Estates and oceanfront properties to valley vineyards. We are actually known for our vast inventory of fine properties. Drop by and see us, or better yet, visit our website at apr-carmel.com. That's a pr carmel.com or you can give us a call at 831 622 1040 and make sure you tell them Judy sent me.
1: The best gifts I have ever received have been books. They're not expensive and they don't use electricity, but they do offer hours of enjoyment. So do I have good news for you. The new paperback edition of The Watchman's Rattle is available in bookstores everywhere, including airports across the country. This is the only book to expose just how complicated our lives and governance has become. It not only explains the reasons for gridlock, but it also provides the answers. So pick up the new paperback edition of The Watchman's Rattle for a friend. The book Richard Branson says is a must read. And while you're at it, grab a copy for yourself. You'll be happy you did.
5: A meal at Severino's Bar and Grill is always a treat, but on Christmas Day, it is a gift. Preparing a traditional Christmas buffet December 25th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Indulge on juicy certified Angus prime rib, slow-roasted turkey with all the trimmings, jumbo prawns, dungeness crab legs, assorted salads, delightful desserts, and so much more. This delectable meal is $37 for adults, children between the ages of 10 and 5, $17. Don't forget to ask about their New Year's Eve extravaganza. For more information, call 688-8987 or visit us at www.ccliffin.com.
3: Welcome to Automated Computer Services, America's most drawn-out tech support line. One moment, please.
0: For a full listing of our personnel, press 1. Please enter the person's full name, starting with their last, then their first, followed by their bank account number and their birth date. I'm sorry, there is nobody here by that name. For a full listing of our staff, press 1. To speak with a customer service representative, press 2. Thank you. Your current wait time is 4 hours and 37 minutes. Please enjoy the music. Tired of unfriendly computer support? Slow computer? Viruses? Spyware? No problem. Call the friendly computer experts at User-Friendly Computing. We take care of all your PC, Macintosh, and laptop needs. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. Visit us today at 505 River Street on the way to downtown Santa Cruz, across from Gateway Plaza. We give you a choice. Drop your computer by the shop, or we'll come to you. Call us today at 423-9653. User-Friendly Computing. This Sunday on Eat, Drink, Explore Radio, we're taking a look at the go-to travel destinations for 2013. Also fresh eggnog and other holiday drink recipes, an easy kit for homegrown mushrooms, and California's top RV and camping spots. We've got you covered with the latest food, beverage, and travel news Sunday mornings 8 to 10 live right here on KSCO AM 1080. Eat, Drink, Explore Radio, your lifestyle information source
1: welcome back to the costa report i'm rebecca costa and my guest today is radio and television legend mr phil donahue and before the break you were making the point that we've become a nation where name calling and other personal attacks have become par for the course and those who advocate peace are considered uninformed and naive, or even worse yet, un-American. So continuing with the theme of what it's going to take to bring us together again, a while ago you produced and co-directed a documentary, a moving documentary called Body of War. So for those in our audience who may have missed the film, can you tell us a little bit about it and what moved you to work on a film that goes back and forth, connecting the personal story of one soldier with the decisions that politicians in Washington were making?
2: Uh, Rebecca, our film features the life of Thomas Young, who at age 24, signed up, uh, saw the president on top of the pile at ground zero, wanted to get the evildoers, went to Fort Hood, and realized after he had signed up that he was going to Iraq. He thought he would be going to Afghanistan. Too late now, he goes to he goes to Iraq, and on his, he's there five days, Sadr City, Main Street, he's in the back of a truck with no top, mm-hmm. and he takes a bullet down through his collarbone and exits T4 on his p- spine. Mm-hmm. Thomas Young is paralyzed from the nipples down. He, I met him at Walter Reed Hospital. He was whacked out on um, morphine, and his mother uh, told me the nature of his injury, and I thought people should see this. I mean, I was just blown away by the tragedy here, and the, I'd never... S- really been that close to what we call a catastrophic injury. Mm-hmm. And, so, and they have, by the way, this is the most sanitized war in our history. The president said you can't take pictures of the coffins. And the entire mainstream press said okay. And I thought if you're going to send your young people to war, show the pain. Don't sanitize the war. So I nominated myself. I, uh, I did uh, fund and produce... Um, a film titled Body of War, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, won lots of prizes. We were the best documentary by the National Film Review Board. And, alas, uh, we sold no popcorn. Uh, Iraq docs were falling off the marquees. Um, This is not a take your girl to the movies movie.
1: No, it's a serious film, and it's very disturbing. I need to let people know. It's a very disturbing film.
2: Well, as you mentioned, uh, in addition to seeing him deal with his injury, uh, I wove through the movie highlights of the Iraq War Resolution in both houses of Congress. Yes. So you see, as the story proceeds, you see people stand up. John McCain, the longer we wait, the more dangerous he becomes. Mm-hmm. This is uh, October 02, 2002. Thomas, by the way, was injured in '04 uh... so it precedes his injury but it is the it is the build-up to the iraq war and you see these members of congress reading the talking points of the white house this was the most shallow debate in the history of congress and it led to a massive blunder wherein over almost five thousand americans dead four million refugees thirty two thousand injuries uh, up to 70,000 Iraqis dead. It's unbelievable the mayhem that we wrought on the Iraqi people because uh, we were going to get the evildoers. And as we know now, Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11 and did not have any weapons of mass destruction. And here you're looking at a kid who will never walk again. He, he is impotent, 20, 20-something prime of life male left his sex life in Iraq. So you see the harm, what, what harm in harm's way really means. And you also see what the, what the politics of fear can do to a grown man. Ted Stevens says, on the floor of the Senate, history will show that the nations that stopped Saddam Hussein saved the world. A smoking gun will become a mushroom cloud. Several of them said that.
1: I think what was interesting to me was the fact that you made a deliberate choice to connect the decisions and the debate on the floor to this very personal story. You connected these two dots in such a way that people could understand the real casualty.
2: And I thought it was, well, thank you. Uh, uh, We are proud of that. Ellen Spiro was my... uh, partner on this a wonderful filmmaker i got very lucky eddie vetter of pearl jam did the music for our for our um, film mm-hmm. so we i got a lot of breaks and I, of course i was scared to death i mean we i started no script i had no idea i'd never made a film before i was like crawling along a dark hallway with that's this.
1: kind of though the, isn't that your style though don't you just jump in and figure you'll figure out how to swim
2: <laughs> well it probably is but You know, however brave that kind of that practice may be, uh, it also means that, uh, you know, failure is not a stranger to me. Uh, Not everything works when you do this. And I just feel, uh, you know, I'm sorry we couldn't have been more commercial and sold more tickets and have more people watch this film. But at least I was critically accepted. And I didn't take Thomas over the side with me on a, you know, with a with a film that was uh, with that wasn't successful uh, in terms of its reviews and
1: well this way. is one thing that bothers me about documentaries like this is that they seem to have a short uh, shelf life and many of them I go back and I see a documentary that might be five or seven years old and I think wow why didn't this make it why why wasn't everybody all abuzz about this film because it's still relevant and I think this film is just as powerful right now as when it first debuted I mean I, I want people to go out and get this film and now where can they go see it i mean can well, they, they can get it on uh, video film,
2: right yes the yeah. film is available on netflix the, yeah i'm sure best buy uh we have a website bodyofwar.com um and it's being showed by shown around the country by peace action yes uh, a group of fabulous people who show it in whatever community play, house or even theater might show it and in living rooms Um, I have a couple things that I'm going to go and do some Q&As with after the first of the year. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you. uh, you uh, Pardon the self-indulgence here, but uh, I think this film has legs.
1: This film doesn't have a shelf life. In my view, this does not have a shelf life. I don't care if 20 years from now, if we're having the kind of problems that we're having and facing the kinds of problems we're facing, which it certainly looks like we're going to continue down that path for a while. I think this film has legs to go many, many decades and I hope people will go out and see. Well it.
2: history I think the, the, I think it's going to be like wine when you it's going to get better as it, you see how easy it is. George Bush with the politics of fear, took this nation by the ear and led it right into the sword. John Kerry voted aye. Hillary Clinton voted aye. We had, uh, by the way, Patrick Kennedy in the House voted aye. And his father in the Senate voted no. The, the final Senate vote on the unconstitutional uh, declaration or giving giving uh, Bush pres- uh, permission to go to war was not constitutional. It's like covering your eyes and giving him a piece of paper, which means If it doesn't go right, you can say, well, he said, I didn't think. The Constitution obliges the Congress to give an up or down. As as, uh, Robert Byrd, who stars in this film, makes the point, James Madison said it's too much of a temptation to give the decision about war. To one man, only Congress can declare war, and they've never done it since the early 40s. It's just that's, they don't that's want to That's absolutely
1: right. Unfortunately, we have to go to a short commercial break, but before we do, let me just say this. This is why I am a great admirer of yours, because you hold them all accountable. And I think that's gotten you into a little bit of trouble, and we'll talk about that when we get back. You're listening to The Costa Report. Well, the holidays are upon us, and that means the festivities are officially underway. So here's a tip guaranteed to make a splash at every party and put a smile on every hostess. Pick up a bottle of Caraccioli Pinot Noir Chardonnay Brut or Brut Rose. Grown, perfected, and bottled by the Caraccioli family, these old-school premium wines are one of the best-kept secrets among wine aficionados. But trust me, the secret's getting out fast. So grab a bottle while these wines are still affordable. Go to Visit or stop by their tasting room on Dolores and Ocean Avenue in downtown Carmel and pick up a bottle of Caraccioli Premium Wines and bring a little bling to the
3: holidays. Remember, for a safe and festive way to celebrate the holidays, have plenty of Martinelli's Sparkling Cider on hand. Martinelli's in the traditional champagne bottle is the perfect choice for your holiday gatherings. It has all the elegance and sparkle of champagne, but without the alcohol. And Martinelli's has the best flavor because it's made only from U.S.-grown fresh apples, not from foreign concentrate like many other brands. Enjoy the original Martinelli's Gold Medal Sparkling Cider, a family tradition since 1868.
0: It's out with the inside and in with the outside with some help from your friends and neighbors at Ace Hardware. Hello, Charlie Friedman here. You know, there's lots to do to keep the old home front looking good and feeling happy. Gotta paint the fence, patch the driveway, fix the drip irrigation, and fertilize the fruit trees. (laughs) And that's just for starters. Now, I could head across town to that giant box store and spend an hour wandering up and down the aisles, but I won't. Instead, I'll head over to my neighborhood Ace Hardware. They're in Watsonville, Freedom, Marina, Salinas, and Gilroy. These Ace Hardware stores are locally owned by my friends Manuel and Carlos Rodriguez. They're almost always on hand to make sure everything is working right. At my neighborhood Ace, someone will meet me at the door and take me straight to the solution to my homeowner needs. That means I leave with the goods in a bag and a smile on my face. Now, when you find yourself in need of a paintbrush or screwdriver or fertilizer, I suggest you head to your neighborhood Ace Hardware store in Watsonville, Freedom, Marina, Salinas, or Gilroy. Think of it as your ace in the hole. Ben Loman Market low price, great savings, quality and service that doesn't always cost you more. My name is Adam and I work at the Ben Loman Market in the meat department. And this year for the holidays we're offering a variety of different items. We'll have turkeys, hams, prime ribs, leg of lamb, crabs, depending on weather and availability. We'll have a a variety of different game meat as well. Ducks, uh, duck breast, uh, Cornish game hens, um, capon, for turkeys, I would recommend coming in and placing an order. We have a variety of different sizes available from 10 to 12 all the way up to a 30 plus pound turkey. We are offering the distal brand turkeys, which are one of our best-selling brands we've had here in the past. Uh, All natural, free range, no hormones, antibiotics, all fresh turkeys. Very delicious and flavorful. Happy holidays to you all. Ben Loman Market, a proud member of Think Local First, Santa Cruz County. Every
2: Saturday at 12 noon, listen to Perspectives, the radio program that brings you a variety of topics. Good afternoon. You've tuned in to the Perspectives radio show. My name's Donald Davidson. I'm your host, and joining me will be Dr. David Biles, our regular guest host, every second and third Saturday of the month. Join us for the next Perspectives,
0: 12 noon to 1 o'clock every Saturday on KSCO.
1: Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Mr. Phil Donahue. And before the break, you were making the point that it's Congress which sends America to war. And by Congress, you mean Congress. You don't take sides because whether it's McCain or Clinton, uh, they were all in favor of marching our troops into the Middle East. So let me ask you something. Why, in your view, wasn't there any dissent?
2: Well, first of all, the thunderous Uh, right-wing megaphone has been very successful in marginalizing dissenters. Dennis Kucinich is just sort of so impractical. Um, You know, we all want peace, but, you know, we have all those evils out there. We're spending $2 billion a day on the Pentagon. Do the math. Norman Solomon told me this. I campaigned for him along your north north coast, the Mm -hmm. new newly redesigned district that was once Lynn Woolsey's, who has retired. And alas, he lost by only a few votes, but it was an interesting experience. He makes the point that if a president of the United States wants a war, he can have one. Uh, It's amazing. We have just conditioned not to oppose a president. If we oppose a president going to war, then we... Hurt his morale and his, his world image. How Do we look we, weak?
1: We, we... we don't look like a united country and we make the right. country look weak? Is that the right. argument?
2: And undermine the morale of the troops. And once we go to war, when our troops die, how can we criticize the war and defile their graves? So on and on it goes. And we should make this point. Seventy-seven members of the Senate voted for this war. Only 23 members of the Senate voted no. And every major metropolitan newspaper in this country supported the invasion of Iraq. Think about that for a while.
1: Wasn't that just some primal, some sort of prehistoric response to 9-11 in your view? Wasn't it a backlash to
2: 9-11? Of course. I mean certainly that was, and that's what the Constitution has been constructed to avoid. Don't start breathing heavy. You're going to rush into something that's going to Pete Stark of California, the congressman, stands up in the middle of our film, and, and this is amid all the bomb throwers. The longer we wait, the more dangerous he becomes. Saddam has more weapons of mass destruction than Hitler ever had. John right. Warner says that. Right. So in the middle of the film, um, Pete Stark stands up and he says, you're giving an inexperienced young man in the White House the execution lever to kill thousands of Americans. I mean, it was just breathtaking. In the middle of all these, the the war drums were beating. The, you could feel the heartbeat accelerate and the lust for getting something, getting back somehow for this terrible thing. But this is a story,
4: happened.
1: Mr. Donahue, this is a story as old as the Wild West. Everybody wanted to storm the jail and pull somebody out and lynch them up on a tree. I mean yeah, that that's the, you know our our bodies have evolved to respond to short-term danger. We flood with chemicals. It, it confuses our brain. We're all set to fight or flee. I agree this with that. This is what this is where we've evolved. This is the, these are the human beings that we are today. And and we don't call upon our greatest genetic inheritance, which is our our ability to reason. It's the thing that put us at the top of the food pyramid. And we don't I use it you, I,
2: <laughs> I think this is very important and I know you're as interested in all of the you know the brain function as I am
1: I am and I, I, I'm so disappointed that it's taken humans millions of years to develop this rational cognitive capability, this frontal cortex and what do we do? Uh, the twin towers go down and we go right back to lizard brain
2: right and it's, by the way'. It's amazing. And also, and we're doing it alone. We have now, uh, you know, um, Panetta is on television now saying, We're watching you, Syria. We're going to come and get you. He's drawing the line in the sand. We're talking now about chemical weapons, which Saddam used. And by the way, we sold him those weapons. You know, that was not. And obviously, we don't want anybody using conventional weapons. But why are we out there like the world cop daring people to do this? Because if they do, we're going to come and get them. Why doesn't, why doesn't Obama stand up with Angela Merkel, with Cameron, you know, with um, uh, Sarkozy, with Putin? Why doesn't the world leader stand up and say, "Assad, if you do this, you're going to have the whole world against us, and we are prepared." to be aggressive to stop you
1: be- because Instead, what leaders have learned now is that if you do something like that you're not being opportunistic you want to wait to the last available moment and then take your best shot we're all we're all playing poker right now and it's in the and the stakes are phenomenally tragic and dangerous
2: and we're killing our young adult children i mean your your child your grandchild has a greater chance of being conscripted of, of going to war because of the rootin' tootin' shootin' foreign policy developed by the people we are elected to Congress. You can't get elected to Congress if you're for peace. You're an, you
1: know, you're a. Uh, well, you don't have to tell me about that. I'm a middle of the road independent, and everybody hates the independents. I mean, I, look, you want to talk about peaceniks being marginalized. I think the most dangerous spot you could have is to be a compromiser and be in the middle and see both sides and, and work toward bringing both sides together because then you're called a person with no spine, that you have no view, no dogma. And uh, and that you're weak and wishy washy. <laughs> and that's why
2: and that's why uh, we are electing people that will lash out rather than reach. Because out.
1: nobody else can win. We drove all the people that could broker uh, some agreement from both sides of the aisle out of there. Uh, Bill Richardson. You know, why have – can I ask you something because I know you know all these players. Why don't we have Bill Richardson back in Washington, D.C.? Bill Clinton sent him into Korea to extract hostages uh, into Iran. He extracted hostages without one bullet being fired in Iran. And, and, and we, we drove them out of there. Same with guys like Bill Bradley. We, we used to have these politicians that could get, get things done for us without having to go to war. And they are no longer in D.C.
2: Well, uh, Rebecca, I have to, I think we have to recognize, it, it, it certainly appears. We have a very angry nation right now. We have far too many people who are living in a field of broken dreams. Yes. When I was 17 years old, by the time I was 20, I worked in a floral shop, I can make a corsage. I worked in a steel mill, Republic Steel in Canton, Ohio. I was a mason's helper. I saw what work really meant. I worked in a bank. I picked apples, got to work in the back of a truck. I'm not, you know, I'm not bragging. I'm saying that I believe I had a lot easier time when I was 17 and 20 and 24 than those ages have today. Jobs are not available, and along the way, our music got louder, our dialogue became more rancorous and personal, Mm -hmm. our, our, look at, we have 5% of the world's population and 25% of the world's prisoners. We execute retarded people who are teenagers.
1: Who can't defend them We
2: execute innocent people. We are an angry nation, and our TV, our media is getting louder and louder. Watch the evening. I think CNN's rating problems have be, ha, are happening because nobody's shouting at, at each other. Oh, no,
1: they're CNN. starting to catch up. They started losing ratings, and so they've gotten a little more volatile. They keep turning the volume up. I, well, trust me. Well, I hope me, so. I hope They do, but I don't be. think that. I think to me that's like throwing lighter fluid on the fire, I mean, if everybody starts screaming, then nobody is listening, for sure.
2: Well, it has worked, though. the The problem is, it has worked.
1: But it's appealing uh, to all. It's appealing to the same. Uh, I don't know this. The same instincts that like to watch uh, people in the Coliseum. To me, all we're doing is we've got Coliseum television now. All the talk shows are screamers. They're opinionators. They're not giving fact. They're not trying to help people come to some resolution, some understanding. They're not modeling listening and compromise. There are no models for listening and compromise, not on the radio and TV. I don't see them. Do you?
2: No, I don't. And uh, we're back now to your brain, your interest in the brain and how how our triune brain works.
1: We're certainly appealing to the primitive portion of our brain, that's for sure. We have to take one last break, and when we come back, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the Middle East and what you think we ought to be doing over there. You're listening to The Costa Report.
3: Are you looking for fresh, creative, and healthy ideas to bring to your table? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole makes it easy to eat the right foods with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. Whether it's Sunday night family dinner or a lunchtime indulgent with your favorite salad ingredients, let your culinary imagination soar with more than 30 varieties of salad blends that range from sweet and subtle to zesty and bold. For the ultimate in fresh convenience, try Dole's all-inclusive salad kits with farm-fresh lettuces, crunchy vegetables, and all-natural Dole specialty dressings and toppings. To learn more about Dole Salads and for inspiring recipe ideas, visit Dole.com slash salads or like Dole Salad Guide on Facebook. With so many delicious and convenient choices, it's easy to find nutritious inspiration with Dole Salads.
1: Happy holidays everyone. I'm Rebecca Costa host of the Costa Report and I want to thank listeners everywhere for supporting excellent nonpartisan programming for over two years. We have never been more divided than we are today and this is the reason it has never been more important to support programming like the Costa Report. And you can keep us on the air by doing one very simple thing. Pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle which is now in paperback and available at all bookstores even airport concessions because when you do, these proceeds Go toward expanding our broadcast. If you love the program, show your support by purchasing the Watchman's Rattle. And from all of us here at the Costa Report, have a safe and happy holiday season.
2: Christmas was made for all people, not just me and you.
0: Radio is the best media in the world because you can be productive. You can learn and be creative. Now there's a way to make it 10 times better. This is Bob from C-Crane, and if you have a high-speed Internet connection and a CC Wi-Fi Internet radio, then your reception problems are over. The CC Wi-Fi uses your Internet connection to give you crystal-clear reception. It has a dial and a speaker, so it offers a convenience of a regular radio. You can most likely listen to your favorite radio program and stations from back home, even if home is in a different state or country. With absolute clarity, the variety of stations available is incredible. It's a remarkable radio experience.
5: To order a CC Wi-Fi, give us a call at 800-522-8863. That's 800-522-8863. Or visit us online at ccradio.com. See Crane, the high-performance radio and light company.
3: Hey, ladies. Jim Rohn once said, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Hi, I'm personal trainer, Carol Catron, and I believe in your health and fitness. My job is to help you achieve a state of being that will allow you to live without feeling limited by your body. Listen.
1: Hi, I'm Eva, and Carol Catron has been training me for seven months. In that time, my cholesterol numbers have dropped to normal levels, I've lost several pounds, and I'm stronger and fitter than I've ever been. Carol's workouts are varied and challenging. Her positive attitude and encouraging words motivate me to perform better. Because of the functional exercises she gives me, I can do activities in my daily life that I could never easily do before. Thanks, Carol, for giving me back my health.
3: With CC Workout, you can train individually or with a group of friends, and you will always get personal attention and great results. Feel strong in your skin. Call me, Carol Catron, of CC Workout for a free consultation at 831-596-6637. That's 596-6637, or go to ccworkout.com.
1: Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Mr. Phil Donahue. And before the break, we were talking about the fact that it is very difficult to find models of compromise and reason in the media today. Now, as you point out, whether it's a soldier or uh, parents who are struggling in this economy to keep two and three jobs while parenting their children, you're – kind of known as a voice for the underdog and to some extent that sentiment is carried over to political candidates that you've supported for example ralph nader and uh at the beginning of this year you you know for everyone thinking that you're some major liberal you defended ron paul as the only truly anti-war candidate so let's talk about what's happening in the middle east for just a moment you're clearly against military solutions so given that that's your position what should we do about the current iran and north korea nuclear threat what would you recommend
2: well uh, first of all let's understand that if you call for peace uh, the first question you have to answer is what would you do about hitler there's almost <laughs> a fear, you know, about, uh, um, you know,
1: and, I'm sorry. Every time you know Hitler's me? brought up, I, I, this is wrong, no, but I, I laugh mean, because it's, it's so extreme. Christmas. It's so extreme, you know? Uh,
2: right. The point is there is a, the, the attitude regarding those who are progressives and dissenters and want to avoid war is that is almost a fear. If, you know, if, Donahue's message catches on. We're all going to be standing in line with tattooed numbers on our arm. I don't know what I would do with Hitler. I'm not sure I'm smart enough to know what I would do with Iran. But I certainly would not stand up, rooting tootin', shootin' like, and decide that the United States of America is going to solve all these problems all alone. By the way, what, would, what should we do about Sudan, the Congo? What should we do about northern Mali where they're stoning adulteresses?
1: Well, we can't uh, you know, do nothing Okay, the world. All right. So let's just agree we can't do nothing. That's
2: right. I agree with that.
1: OK, so we can agree there. Everybody can agree. Nothing isn't an option. So we have to take action. Now it becomes political because we're, we're going to try to take some action that we all can't agree on. So what action should we take? I mean, we're using economic embargoes to the best of our ability. Uh, I don't know. Talking doesn't seem to be an option anymore. You're not allowed to talk to them.
2: Right. Well, the first thing I would do is develop a coalition of nations who feel as we do that there are atrocities in this world that shouldn't be tolerated by anybody in the human I, isn't race.
1: Isn't that what the United Nations was, is supposed to do?
2: And what do we think of the United Nations?
1: Well, I'm asking you. I'm a, you're the guest. What I'm asking you. What do you think of the United Nations? Are they sleep? Are they asleep at the wheel?
2: They are, if we don't encourage the honest, full, fulsome participation and support of this wonderful effort. We have uh, a senator stands up in the middle of our field. I am not willing to surrender our security to the U.N. I mean, there's a hatred of the U.N. among the right wing in this country the un just wants to talk and it's another one of those marginalizing efforts on their part the un is just not practical we've got to change these attitudes we've got to stop sending our kids
1: well let me ask you something let me ask you something to be fair here right let, let's just be sure that cuz i'm going to get a million calls after you get off the air here and oh, i just want sure. and i want to be fair about this is is the united nations being marginalized or do they have kind of a sorry track record
2: well, I don't think anybody's running around, you know, saying that everything that they've done is wonderful, but I don't understand how I don't understand how you can object to the idea of a gathering of leaders of nations to promote the well-being of the planet. Well,
1: I, I want to answer that. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's arrogance.
2: It's yes, arrogance. By the way, by the way, what's wrong with blue-collar people? coalescing so that when they sit across the table from management they will playing on an equal on a level playing field i don't you know i see michigan now what has what causes this hostility to unions why are unions why is american labor on its back today why is that i i'm still trying to understand it uh, what an awful idea it is the biggest problem that management has is unions. The first thing a CEO wakes up in the morning is you, organized labor reduces his net profit and it terrifies them. And so we have a bunch of a bunch of congressmen running around management good, unions bad.
1: And yet we have a great example in the automobile industry where the unions and management came together. And, you know, I had not too long ago, I had Bob King, the head of the UAW, on the program. And he made it very clear that there is not this antagonism between the unions and and the owners of the automobile companies. They knew that that if their boat, if that ship sunk, they were all going down.
2: And and, uh, Detroit has to pay, I don't know what the number is recently, but $1,500 a car just for health insurance. And the only thing separating us from Canada is an imaginary line. And they spend half what we do, and they provide health care for... If you fall when you're ice skating on the Ottawa River, you're covered because you're a Canadian. The only thing keeping us from single-payer is dogma, ism, socialism. Socialism, bad, free market, good. And we are spending ourselves into the grave There's nothing worse, more inefficient, and more unnecessarily costly in this nation than health care. It is a national security risk, and it is totally unnecessary. We could fix it tomorrow with single payer, but it'll never happen because we have people pounding their fist on the desk and deciding that, uh, you know, they know and you don't.
1: Well, but they're also not affected by single payer. They have a different uh, system. That's right. They They have have different insurance. It's not really fair that people who are not going to come under the same health insurance program get to vote on it and those who are coming under don't get to vote on it. How does that work?
2: You know and there is a (laughs) separation really. I think you know uh, everybody in Congress has a car and I don't think they have any empathy for the millions of people out there who don't have a car. They you know these are people who are uh, their numbers on a on a government report, there, i I'm afraid we've lost a lot of empathy. How can we excuse the distance between the CEO's salary and the people who work for him?
1: Well, I have a friend of mine who says we need to go to a draft system that that uh, people for Congress need to be drafted by the citizens. You can't run for election. That that literally the citizens have to draft someone who is benevolent and from their communities that they know will represent them and has no skin in the game and preferably someone who doesn't want the job.
2: Yeah, it is a little unbecoming, isn't it? It's, yeah, I'm going to be president. I want to be president. Eisenhower was drafted. Uh, you know, one of the last really beloved uh, presidents. I guess we have to include Reagan as well. Reagan was drafted. Yes. Uh, but the, the big issue is I don't. This is hardly original thinking, but we've got to do something about the money, and uh, you know I think we can. I you're, think, you're absolutely I think, right. You, you can't tell me we, you know, we went to the moon, and we, we can't get money out of politics. I believe we can.
1: Where? What will we do to to make that happen? Are you are you saying that basically uh, we're going to have to tax the rich, and or are we going to have to get control over uh, PAC? And special interest groups.
2: Oh, yeah. And God forbid we should tax the rich.
1: Well, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. I mean, it has to happen. We're, we're looking at Australia, which is one of the few countries that whose debt system looked a lot like ours, and they managed to pull themselves out of it. But they had to do both. You know, they had to create jobs, make their economy stronger, but there was no question that they were going to have to uh, tax the rich. And if you don't close those loopholes, you, you're always going to have someone like General Electric who makes billions of dollars and has uh, skyscrapers full of tax accountants that are legally avoiding taxes. I mean,
2: that's the thing. And, and laying off workers uh, all of the same that's, time. That's
1: probably we it. Can't well,. Be
2: well it's you know that I, we have an angry
1: nation. I gotta t- yeah well I'm not surprised well I'm gonna tell you I knew this was going to happen we are out of time already uh, but before I say goodbye uh, let me thank you for being on the program today and also for your public service both on and off the air thank you for being with us
2: Thank you Rebecca enjoyed it
1: If your station is leaving us after the first hour, mark your calendars right now because our guest next week is the former Secretary of the Treasury under President Bush. Mr. Paul O'Neill will be with us. In 2002, O'Neill issued a controversial report which warned that painful tax increases and spending cuts were unavoidable if the administration did not take immediate action to reduce spending. O'Neill came under considerable criticism for his efforts to sound the alarm and we're going to learn more about why our leaders didn't take action over a decade ago to steer the nation away from the upcoming fiscal cliff. Join me next week for an exclusive interview with former Secretary of the Treasury, Mr. Paul O'Neill right here on your favorite weekly news program. Until then, I'm Rebecca Costa and you're listening to the Costa Report.
4: There's no question that selling a home can be a tricky business when the economy is uneven. But here's a little bit of good news. Not only are financing options opening up, America's love affair with the Monterey Peninsula still continues. Homes that are priced and marketed right are moving. Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner broker of Alain Panel Realtors in Carmel, where we're happy to report that inventories are coming down and homes are selling. So, if you're getting ready to sell or listing your home, call Alan Panel Realtors in Carmel at 831-622-1040 or stop by our offices on the corner of Ocean and Dolores or our main office on Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. Alan Panel Realtors, serious brokers for serious
5: sellers. The nights are getting longer. Hello from the Santa Cruz Host Lions Club. Put some light and life into your holiday season with a Lions Club Christmas tree. This year, the Lions lot is right up the street from Costco at the Portuguese Hall. As always, every penny of the proceeds goes right back into making our community a better place in which to live. We are open every day until sold out, so don't miss out this year. Pick up a Lions Club Christmas tree and visit us at santacruzlions.org. Our hours are 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Happy Holidays from the Santa Cruz Host Lions Club. Coast Paper and Supply has been family-owned and operated since 1948. They have a wide array of products available, including brand-name and eco-friendly cleaning supplies, paper goods, and compostable plates, cups, and cutlery. Whether your needs are for business or home, Coast Paper and Supply's friendly and reliable staff have what you're looking for. They even accommodate special orders. You can find them at 151 Josephine on River Street in Santa Cruz, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30, or call at 831-423-3350. Coast Paper and Supply is a proud member of Think Local First.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
2: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.